That's me on the podcast Sharing a song With something to say about it With Thin Lear And Diagra Moon Losing my opinion I know this, we often open with things that are not related to music at all. Last night, the wife and I went out to see Bo is Afraid. I'm seeing that tonight after this record. Don't spoil it. <laughs> I don't know how I could possibly spoil something that batshit. The only thing I'll say is no one ever has to make another mommy anxiety movie ever again. It's been covered. Like he, he Ari Aster has fully, <laughs> fully covered it. I think the job is done. Yeah, Hereditary was, was gnarly enough. Yeah, he has an issue with human skulls, I'll say. Uh, I think every single one of his films, I've seen someone's head explode. But yeah, very disturbing film. I'm excited three, to see it. Three hours long. Wait, seriously? Yes, three hours. I'm seeing a 10, 20 p.m. showing. You're telling me it's... God oh, you're, damn it. You're toast. You're toast ah. for work tomorrow. Not to mention the nightmares you'll have uh, as well. <sighs> three hours? So it's good... It's full, fully three hours, yeah. He's really feeling himself these days, huh? After midsummer. I don't know how he got the money to do this. And I think that's the question you'll ask yourself throughout the movie is how... It, it's, it's impressive and comforting to know that something this insane got greenlit through so many different like gates. It's a real Schenectady, New York situation, huh? <laughs> You know, that's a great, that's a great comparison. That's another movie where I was like, what the fuck? How did they get, uh, it, it is similar in that way where it's just like, you know, someone fully indulging, he's fully indulging himself wow. here. I, definitely uh, worth watching it, it, for how insane it is alone. I, I, very rarely will you see movies that are this wild with that high of a budget. I just, especially nowadays, I don't see it happening much. Wow, so Daddy had the time and the energy to go out and sit through a three-hour movie. Not bad, not bad. Oh, we were so tired <laughs> this morning. It was it was worth it, though. It was worth it. We wanted an experience, you know? It's like that we were going to see, like, Renfield. I want to see that, I love, too. I love crazy Nick Cage, but, like, you know, this was this was the right film. I'm down for that. I, I want to see the John Wick 4. There's a lot of decent stuff out oh, there Oh, I'd right love now. to see John Wick 4. As a, the most surreal experience I had seeing Bo is Afraid was as we were walking out, sort of just stumbling into the light, I hear the Super Mario Brothers music <laughs> playing. <laughs> it was just so incongruous with what we had just experienced, this art house madness. And then Super Mario Brothers is sort of just like where the movie theater is at right now in history. Uh, speaking of movies, yeah, that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good crossover. Ties right? into I today's topic, which we'll... we'll We'll certainly get into in a second. Good, good job, good job. I did good. Uh, this is, of course, losing my opinion. I am intrinsically artful uh, indie musician Niagara Moon. I am permanently talentless indie musician Thin Lear, aka Matt. Well, I guess my name is Matt, aka is Thin Lear. Uh, Thin Lear's got some dates coming up, uh, does he not? I do. Yeah, they're just starting to get announced. I have a bunch of shows coming up, little little tour this summer, some shows this late spring, some shows in the fall. I'm excited to get out there and play for everybody again. Uh, first couple shows, I got one at Rockwood here. I believe it's on May 20th, one on May 11th at the Avalon Lounge if you're around upstate New York. It's like the Catskills area. 
um, and a bunch more that are getting announced soon. So, yeah. And uh, I'm working on new music by myself in my home studio, but that's not really a public event. That sounds hot. Oh, yeah. Get steamy. Hot. <laughs> I put on a humidifier while I work. <laughs> Uh, well, we got a very exciting topic for today. I'll say it's exciting. Cinematic. It's dangerous. Dangerous. It's a dangerous Full topic. of intrigue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And suspense. Just like us. Yeah. Except for the dangerous part and the intrigue. <sighs> I guess to start out here, let, let's do a little role playing for a second. You know, we're, we're, we're both uh, modern day musicians here. Imagine if you get the chance to do a theme song for a movie. Yeah. You know, whether you're just singing it or whether you have a hand in writing it. Either way, that's right off the bat. That's a pretty epic thing. Big deal. Not only is it, it's not just like a song that you'll hear for 20 seconds, two-thirds of the way through. It's There's going to be a whole sequence dedicated to what you made in the studio. And not only that, it's a movie that you know is going to be seen by a ton of people. Yeah. It's a proven formula. It's It's a legacy franchise. Not just, you know, a couple sequels, uh, not even Fast and Furious. Beyond that, decades. <laughs> where Probably it's going to span 100 years eventually, probably more. The James Bond franchise. Mm, it'll, it'll outlive us all. It will. Yeah. The James Bond theme song. It's a pretty big deal. Yeah. Like I said, it spans multiple eras, you know, the... Franchise started out in 1962 or whatever. They make you know one, a movie every few years. Each theme song, it's a, it's a, it's like it's put in a time capsule. You know the vibe of that era, the sound, the trends. For for better or worse. For better or worse, indeed. It's just too fascinating to uh, to ignore on this show. It's too fast and too furious. Uh, this this is a little bit different than uh, usual episodes because uh, I know. The topic today is I'm not being surprised. No. Uh, we are going to surprise each other with our feelings. Probably. <laughs> our thoughts and feelings. It's There's nothing like it. Uh, so this is a very mm. special, unique kind of episode. Uh, definitely not one that we suddenly had to scramble t- together, you know, as of six totally. hours no, ago no, with no, no prep. Nope. Uh, no. I'm always thinking about James Bond, always thinking about the songs of James Bond. This is, I, I was thinking... It's almost like a second Grammy or something. Like this is like a, like a <laughs> very a Grammy all its own. Yeah, it's like you know in tennis, like they have like the Grand Slams and they have like the Olympics. You know, like it's like it's like an additional kind of major award that a mainstream artist can get. Like if you're big enough, and maybe you're British or close to British, you'll get this very sweet spot. It's uh, a certain kind of special distinguishment within the just entertainment industry at large it's you're forever mm. immortalized you know it's you have to be a pretty big deal to not be remembered just for your contribution to james bond theme song music uh and what i thought we'd do today because you know that this is the rare show where we're both in on the premise from the get-go uh there are as of 2023 as of today there are 27 movies that's unbelievable 27 theme songs uh, I did check all of them out. I did not do that. <laughs> so that's a good demonstration, listeners, of the level of dedication to this podcast that each hey, of us y- have. You know, but that said, you get a sense within 15 seconds if it's worth your time or not in a lot of the cases. But uh, I thought it'd be fun today to explore the three best and the three worst 
James Bond theme songs of all time. Okay. And I feel like we're going to disagree. We may. We very well may. And uh, with, a, with a little room here and there for, for some honorable mentions as well. There, there's some... Okay. I got some honorable mentions. I have actually probably more honorable mentions than ones <laughs> that I love. <laughs> I'll start with the one that is the most batshit. I, I definitely don't. I don't like it. I, I like Jack White. I love a, a bunch of White Stripes records, but that song that he did, Another Way to Die with Alicia Keys, that's pretty high up there on the list of the ones that, that don't work. We already disagree quite a bit. You like that? It's doing its own thing. I think it's fitting. Uh, it's something new without being too distractingly so. Uh, you're talking about the theme for Quantum of Solace. Yeah, I did not consider, it's not one of my best, but I definitely did not consider it as one of the three worst so we're already at odds here. I, I, might, I might not be saying that it's the, one of the worst. It's it's one of the like it's it's uh, incongruous with like the, like the vibe is strange. On it, he's he's really pushing the boundaries. But in a pinch for modern Bond, I, I I'll take it. And also, so Quantum of Solace. That's one of the. We should also both say we're not huge James Bond fans. We've seen several of the films, but I don't think we have strong feelings about No, we're very underqualified. I did see Quantum of Solace in the theater. I was dreadfully bored. I fucking hated that theater-going experience. I, I was, you know, wow, younger. Okay. I don't remember anything about it. Nothing about it stuck out to me at all. But I do remember that that, you know, that intro sequence with the music playing... That's probably the highlight of the movie for me, as is the case with a lot of these Bond movies. I'm like, yeah, cool yeah, opening yeah. thing. All right, awesome. They do a good job. And then suddenly I'm in like a brown room with a bunch of old guys talking about obscure things, and I get very sleepy very quick. But Those are good, those opening sequences. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe it's not, it's not one of the worst. It, it is, it's strange, though. And, I, and I, I really like Jack White. He's ridiculously talented. Let, let, let's play it here, and we'll let the audience decide for themselves. So you're, you're saying not quite one of the worst, but one of the least congruous kind of – I don't think out it works with the – yeah, yeah. It's like too – like there's like a lot of badassery in it, but it's like not the kind that I think fits with this, with this guy, <laughs> with this guy, James Bond, and his world. And I know the G Daniel Craig version was like more of a hard ass than previous versions, but – Still, it's a bit weird. Also, Alicia Keys is on it, too. Like, they're duetting. Yeah, it was the first uh, duet James Bond theme. I don't think this is at a place in the franchise. Uh, we do both agree that it's not terribly wonderful or terribly terrible, but uh, we'll play a little bit of it here. Let the audience decide. hurts it though <laughs> you're doing this funny little cartoon shuffle yeah their voices are distracting yeah. I 
picture them singing this like into each other's faces. I was faces, just picturing that like, too, yeah. A, like, a, like a millimeter apart, foreheads touching. I think it's only their voices though. The song itself works and I, I'll, I'll take the like Led Zeppelin arrangement. I would love to hear Led Zeppelin Bond theme. Oh boy. All right, the, the voices, yeah. I'm, I'm not as confident as I was two minutes ago. Yeah, you're talking all talking all big before. What's one that you feel is actually like the pits? All right, so there there are a few. You know, as I listen to these themes, something that became very apparent to me is there's kind of two categories. There's like, you know, the the older movies where John Barry, right? So the the composer of the Bond theme. Dun, 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 was, I didn't really count a lot of that because was, I was thinking like pop songs, right? And those are all great. He did a great it's job. It's a category like, all its own. Really, the best yeah. Bond theme is the original one from Doctor No, right? Dun, 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 <laughs> yeah. Like that's just all time yeah. great piece of music. That's incredible. Uh, so it is two categories. It's like the stuff that John Barry had a hand in and you know composed or co-composed, and then later stuff. The worst one that he had a hand in and just one of kind of the lamest in general, uh, I would say, is the song for The Man with the Golden Gun, which is uh, the second uh, Roger Moore outing there. And it's, it's pretty lame, mm. especially given how they weren't, you know, they were barely out of the Diamonds Are Forever era, and that's just oh, that's all-time banger song. But pretty high end. Man with the Golden Gun with uh, the singer Lulu singing. It's it's pretty limp stuff. Uh, so we'll we'll check out a little bit of that now. I would say most of my Bond knowledge comes out of playing Goldeneye. Hmm. You've never played that game. I have not, but I know it's popular. I did. I didn't grow up with a Nintendo sixty four. Oh, right. It. You weren't allowed yeah. into the sunlight or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I almost conned my dad into uh, getting a PlayStation 1. Like, I, I had him purchase it, and we took it home. Uh, and then my mom was like, get this thing out of here. If I was like, oh, you, know, you could play it in the car. Devil if you just bring a TV in the car. <laughs> I really, I sold <laughs> get him on it. Get this devil box out of the house. <laughs> yeah, I was so close. Oh, the games oh. I would have played. Oh, you had it in the I house. I had it in the, the house, and my mom was like, nope. What game did you show them? That no, I didn't released? even get it out of the box. We didn't get to games. I just got the system. <laughs> got kibosh pretty early. Oh man, you know. jeez! All right, man with the golden gun. I love that fuzz guitar. I love the fuzz guitar that they just put on everything in the late 60s. This one's just cheesy and half thought out. Just feels a little cheesy, a little lame. Oh man, this is 74. What the hell am I talking about? They're still making... Yeah, that's... Oh, Britt Eklund was in this. Yeah, but this is bad. You're right. The brass. Yeah, fucking sucks. Uh, John Barry, to his credit, was also like, that's the one I regret. Like, that was the worst we oh, did. Oh, yeah, he far. said it. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't seem up to his standards. You can hear her, like, struggling to, like, find the melody because the changes are all over the yeah, place it's got no core 
Yeah. I agree with you there. Did you have anywhere, I didn't, like, you know, th- them being fitting as Bond themes, you thought they were the, the weakest, or you just focused on the good I stuff? I thought the, the Sam Smith one. Writings on the wall? Yeah, I thought it was very depressing for a Bond film. For Spectre? And I know the, yeah, I know that the Daniel Craig ones are, like, heavier, but it just sort of felt, like, not in keeping with what the movies are trying to do. Uh, it just felt like kind of a, kind of a, a, rough, mm. a rough go. It's a sad thing. I mean, clearly they brought Sam Smith in. They wanted him to do his Sam Smith right. thing, which he did. You know, so he didn't do anything wrong. He just did what he does. I uh, I didn't see Spectre. I've heard that's like up there with Quantum of Solace is like one of the, you know, the worst Craig era ones. But it didn't really stick out to me one way or the other. Thought it was fine. Not not a ton of movements, and his his voice is kind of sorrowful. But like, whatever. Mm. It it had the the sounds I needed. Got that good piano. Um. Another one I thought was particularly poor. Sorry, we're we're going up the list of, of crap ones here. This is sure. number two on my my bad uh, James Bond theme list. This is kind of interchangeable with another one. So they're the Roger Moore uh, movies from like the early '80s. The '80s in general. That's when they really just started dipping into okay, what's happening in popular music <laughs> at large? All right, let's just do that. Not a good time to be doing oh, that. Oh, the late 80s, it gets rough. Like the License to Kill theme song by Gladys Knight is, it's that late <laughs> 80s production that Marker Starling loves so dear. Uh, but the one I really thought was just like, what are we doing here? This is not getting me in the Bond zone. There is a tune by Sheena Easton. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So I don't have anything against Sheena Easton generally. I like uh, Morning Train. That's a good song. But she did the song for For Your Eyes Only. I don't know, man. It's either this one or uh, the song for Octopussy. Okay, we'll just call the movie <laughs> Octopussy. Uh, this, sure. The song by Rita Coolidge, All Time High for Octopussy. That's kind of tied with this for just like, this is a Bond theme? What are you guys doing here? Right. So Sheena Easton, for your eyes only, this this did not hook me. This this especially in the context of being a Bond theme, this is weak sauce. Okay. Sounds like it'd be in Twin Peaks or something. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Only, I never need to hide. It has a vibe, though. You can see so much in me, so much it sounds like it'd be on at the grocery store. <laughs> Maybe there's a grocery store fight Sounds like a lot of Japanese pop, to be honest. <laughs> Right? What are we doing here? Yeah, this is a bit weird. You said you had one coming up later that was schmaltzy. I don't see how you get schmaltzier than this. It's not schmaltzier than this. It's better than this. Sounds like it's for a kids show or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I agree. That's not great. I, I don't think it's terrible. It just doesn't, uh, it's a bit wild. I don't want that for at the start of my Bond movie. 
An action movie, yeah, it's sort of sort of strange. Well, another one that is strange and is schmaltzy, but is just actually, a, I think, a great song, like a really well-written pop song, mm-hmm. is Car- Carly Simon's Nobody Does It Better. She did do one, yeah, for The uh, the Spy Who Loved Me. I uh, That's just a it's just, good song. It wasn't bad. Yeah, I, I don't know about it qualifying as like a great Bond theme, but that one, uh, no. I, didn't, I didn't have Fuck much no. against that one, yeah. I'll check that one out. And, and the, you know, the orchestration is a bit schmaltzy, but if you just played that song like on a piano... It would sound great because it's a well-written song. The verses are pretty excellent, good lyrics. You know, it's like, uh, um, yeah, who's the guy we were talking about constantly now? Uh, Neil Diamond or something. You know, like it was just like, yeah, it's a little schmaltzy, but it's also it's just good. It's well-written. It hits all the pop beats, yeah. She's got some yeah. good songs. She's not like a Carol King, Joni Mitchell type of, you know, classic 70s songwriter. She doesn't have that status, but she... She'll surprise you. No, she's got some good ones, yeah. So nobody does it better. So, yeah, this is uh, one of our – this is not in our bad category. This is another one of our honorable mentions, I suppose. Yeah, that. but it, it's only bad in the sense that it really just doesn't work for a Bond movie. doesn't make me pumped to see someone rolling around <laughs> shooting a gun. All right, nobody does it better. Here we go. Like Randy Newman. Yeah. Well, the music was by Marvin Hamlish. Hmm. She just sung this. She didn't even write the lyrics, but that was the trend. Makes me feel sad for the rest. Nobody does it half as good as you. Baby, yeah, this is like, what if Art Garfunkel did a Bond thing? <laughs> That's tight. It's Carly Simon. That's just good. There it is. The way they put the title on this pretty smooth. <laughs> Makes no sense in the context of the verse, but it's fine. Right, not That's bad, good. not bad. Good song. Another good honorable mention. Uh, it's good we cleanse the palate a little bit before I introduce to you, oh, by far and away, the worst Bond theme. Okay. I hope it's not one of my favorites. It is not. I can already guarantee that. From my money, the worst Bond theme from also like one of the worst Bond movies. Uh, this is the theme from Die Another Day. The last of the uh, the Pierce Brosnan and Bond flicks, and really one where everybody collectively realized, like, shit, we gotta like <laughs> we gotta rethink this. Uh, this is like the last one before they went down the Daniel Craig like serious action movie with emotional. Oh, stakes. is this the Madonna one? This is the Madonna one. Yeah. Oh yeah, this is like infamous. I honestly don't even really remember this one. <laughs> I remember people hating it. Oh my god. Yeah. You know, I'm no fan of Madonna, but she did have a song in like the Austin Powers sequel, and I wouldn't necessarily peg her to do like a horrible James Bond song. Like, I get the thinking of her being a good choice at this time. You know, mm-hmm. she works well in that sort of commercial pop oh, machinery. Yeah, totally. Like, no, yeah, it should fit. Oh my God, I just I, no words. So it's this is the worst Bond theme. Also, I like the record Ray of Light. I know you don't like Madonna, but I think it's a good record. Even though it's, I, I think what I now realize is just like a Bjork 
light Yeah, thing. the homogenic ripoff. Yeah, but it's still good. doesn't make it not good. Yeah, I haven't heard a ton of Madonna, but uh, I haven't felt the need to either, if that makes sense, you know, just based on her uh, her cultural footprint, shall we say. Sure. But yeah, Die Another Day by Madonna. Let's see how you feel about this one. Okay. And yeah, it's funny. She did the Austin Powers song too, so she kind of did like the parody as well as the original. Yeah, we only got four minutes to save the world. Like I could see something like that being okay. You know, it's just another dumb... Pierce Brosnan, terrible CGI flick, but somehow this like doesn't even meet it there. Hmm. YouTube's being weird. What is going on here? Nationwide is on your side. <laughs> you should do one of those. That's the dream. That's the new James Bond honor. <laughs> Getting to do a nationwide commercial. <laughs> Hell yeah. And this was this isn't like a Carly Simon deal where she didn't actually write the music or anything. This is written by her. Wow. And, you know, one of her regular collaborator, French producers, uh, she had a creative hand in this. Okay. And it's, it's rough stuff. Decent enough beginning. Yeah, it's cool. Not an obnoxious effect at all. Yeah, that's just a Madonna song. You know what a James Bond theme needs is auto tune. That's pretty dated, yeah. It's funny you can make this song, like, you can make this right now. If you want to. <laughs> you could. 15 minutes in, in Fruit Loops, yeah. Sigmund Freud. Sigmund Freud. She said Sigmund Freud? Analyze this. Is she referring to the Robert De Niro movie? She's telling Sigmund Freud, the historically famous psychologist, to analyze right. this. Oh, I see. She's not referencing the Robert De Niro movie. Pure coincidence. Okay. This is four and a half minutes. How does it get worse than this? It really, it doesn't. Yeah, that, does it? that, you're right. That is, I mean, it's just, it's just a Madonna song. And like a uh, lower than average one at that. Yeah, no, that's not even, uh, I've heard much, much better music from her. Yeah, it seems like everyone was kind of just like, whatever, this is fine. I get that day. You're very clipped. All right, let's pivot over to yes, the good stuff. Please. I'll do another one that kind of skirts the line for me. You're definitely not going to agree with this, but... Um, this is one of your best? This is one of your top three? Not one of my best. It's one that's like an honorable mention that it's just okay. like, I feel like it's fully overlooked. More it's honorable just like lost. All right. It's, it's lost in the Bond canon. Uh, Chris Cornell's You Know My Name. Ah, look up the number. Yeah, right. He did a cover of You Know My Name, Look Up the Number, a five-minute version of it. Uh, Cornell had a really melodically haunting quality to his voice that sure, set him sure. apart from other bands of that era and just other vocalists of his era. And I, and I feel like that song kind of dives into that vibe. We don't have to listen to it, but I, I, I think that it's uh, an interesting uh, addition into the James Bond canon and probably one yeah. that just doesn't get talked about much. 
It was definitely a different sound than you would expect for a classic Bond theme, and it was the one tied to Casino Royale, which I still haven't seen that one. I know that's that the one's one great. To, I know that's the one to see, and that's where they really yeah. reinvented the wheel and, and figured out what to do with the franchise in a way that didn't suck. Mm. I I could see why people might have an issue with that one, but it seemed pretty cool, pretty legit. Chris Cornell always has been like one of the best rock screamer guys. Yeah, he's kind of one of the classier ones. Classy rock screamer. Yeah, I get why that would be an honorable mention. Well, I feel like we'll probably agree on the top. We might agree on the top three. We may. Uh, I know which one you're about to bring up. There's there's the elephant in the room here. All right, so say it. Live and let die. Right. So the criteria then, you know, are we thinking about it like... Uh, that's just excellent. It's just excellent. And they play it on classic rock radio all the time, which is not true of basically all of these other, <laughs> the other 26 songs. So like, are we saying is the best one, the one that transcends the films? Because I have never seen that Bond movie. I don't know who is in it. I don't, I don't know if it was Roger Moore. I have no idea. It's the first Roger Moore one. So they were, they were trying some new shit out. It's the first one that didn't have John Barry you know, like the and they were like, dude. let's get McCartney in here. Yeah. That's pretty good second choice. Generally, it's like John Barry at the helm doing all the classic ones, and then he dipped for like right. a movie, and that was Live and Let Die, and suddenly you got George Martin in there and yeah. Paul McCartney it's doing his thing. good. Uh, and, and I, it's I, not bad. I can listen to it outside of the context of James Bond. Like It just works as a song outside of that. I'll say, though, that so there's this book by this writer, Dave Barry, called Book of Bad Songs. Uh, and he does a chapter where he delves into rough lyrics. And there's that line of this always made me laugh every t- ever since I read this. Where It bothers me. I know which one he you're said, about to say. If yeah. this, but of this ever-changing world in which we live in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I never thought in about it much. we live in. But he was like, um, he just wrote like, Paul, step up and receive your certificate of redundancy certificate. <laughs> born a poor young country boy. I was born young. Mm-hmm. You ever notice that one, Mother Nature's Son? He does it sometimes. You know, it, it, it's it's fine. He's making it work with the melody. Yeah, it's kind of like once you notice it, though, yeah. it bothers so you. Now that I, I, I've seen that Ignorance or heard it. Ignorance is bliss. It, yeah, I can't not think of this ever-changing world in which we live. <laughs> it's good stuff. All right. Live and let die. Let's let's check out that one. Yeah, this was this was in my top three. This wasn't my top. Uh, I think this is maybe my number three. But, okay. you know, McCartney, 70s McCartney, Wings, even when he's not doing so hot, it's still it's it's still McCartney. Yeah, he's still doing his thing. There's a Guns N' Roses cover that, and I know I've expressed my uh, dislike for this band, but it's, it's not bad. The version they do of it's not bad. It's, it's still him singing, unfortunately. Yeah, but, well, that's a deal breaker automatically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like they do like a cool breakdown. It's not that cool but it's an interesting breakdown on like the bridge all right live and let die 73 this is prime mullet mccartney here we go Mm. when you were young and your heart was an open book you used to say I don't know how I feel about that. That's all right. This ever-changing world in which we live in ah, there it is. makes you give in and cry. 
That's great. Yeah, I'm in for this part. And I don't know about this. You know what this part doesn't need? You know what it doesn't need? It doesn't need those little flourishes. It's too busy. Well, I think it's fine if it's busy. It's just those those flourishes. Yeah, it still holds together. Yeah, this is great. Woke up, fell out of bed. <laughs> Forgot about this part. That sound. That's really the companion to a day in the life. <laughs> oh boy. Alright, maybe maybe Yeah, I, I like that. Right, the, the good parts overcome the, the cheesiness for me. It's it's a little bit of a mixed bag though. <laughs> I, I, I still enjoy that one. And, and I, I heard a lot on classic rock radio, so it's, it held up still. I still like it. Yeah, one of those old deli hits, huh? It's a deli hit, deli banger. All right, so what's your number two? You said that was three? Yeah, I want, I want that to be my number one, but the, the goofy orchestral moments, again, I blame that on George Martin. It's just uh, a little yeah. too goofy to, to claim top spot. Yeah. Uh, you might disagree on this one. You might think maybe it's a little pretentious, but I've always been fond of the world is not enough song. Oh, the garbage, the, garbage, the garbage one. Yeah, yeah. You know, I hadn't put that on here. Uh, it's not bad. I've, I've always loved her vocals, Shirley Manson. Shirley Manson, yeah. And they had some great singles that band, Butch Vig. I'm only happy when it yeah. rains. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great song. You got Butch Vig doing production. I'm always going to be down for that. The man behind, uh, never mind. Smashing Pumpkins, Siamese Dream. Uh, yeah, so Garbage did The World Is Not Enough. Uh, another Pierce Brosnan entry. What, that's the one where uh, Denise Richards plays like a 27-year-old nuclear physicist or you know something goofy. <laughs> I, I barely remember the movie, but uh, I'm, I'm down for... And Garbage like wrote it and they like recorded it themselves pretty much. The theatrical version kind of got fucked with. Like the band didn't like the version that got actually put out like with the film. So I, I'm, I'm going to play the, the version that the, uh, the band released themselves, but okay, it ain't bad. I think it's a good example of like bringing a modern, you know, we're starting to get the electronic techno feel into bond themes without it being a cheesy mess, like die another day. Right. Yeah. Um, so you do know the song? Yeah. I'm only happy when it rains. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, That's you know, uh, the world is not okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, she's a she's a great singer. She, I mean, she makes it work. I think if it was a different singer, it might not might not get across as well. Yeah, but I I do think this has enough musical quality in it where again it meets that criteria of like you know you might listen to this on its own outside of the context of seeing it in a Bond movie. Mm. Garbage. The world is not enough. It's a pretty good title. Oh hell yeah. That's a bomb sound. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
orchestration's good. Portishead really could have done a, a bond. Yeah. This has got Portishead vibes. Love that part. Yeah, that's just good. It's well written. Just it really fits that balance of totally having all the the Bond oral qualities, that cinematic feel. But it's a garbage song too. Like it's you won't you wouldn't mistake it. It feels like them. Yeah, it feels like a garbage song. So you like my number two pick, huh? Good pick. Yeah, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have picked that one, but uh, yeah, it's that's that's a good song. And it, and it sort of checks all the boxes of like you know it, it exists as a good song, but it is still very much tied to. Um, the Bond world. Well, what do you got for me uh, for your number two? My number two is Diamonds of Forever. Yeah. That is pretty epic. It can't really hear it outside of the context of Bond. Like, I'm not going to be sitting on the subway listening right. to uh, Diamonds of Forever, but it's a great song. It's like a classic. Uh, it's like a Burt Bacharach or something. Like, it's just like a like a classic ancient melody. Yeah, we're, we're, we're going into the John Barry uh, realm now, which is really that's that's the tops, and I think this one in particular really got a good reputation. It's one of the three uh, Shirley Bassey yep. collabs, along with Goldfinger. That's uh, another great and uh, Moonraker, which isn't bad. Uh, what does Moonraker sound like? Moonraker, Moonraker. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> I, I actually Moonraker is the one I've seen the most recently. It's fine. It's not as goofy. I stuff with the character Jaws is pretty goofy, but besides that, it's not as stupid as you might think. Are, That's the guy who just has like a big old head. He's got big, giant metal teeth in oh, this whole sick. thing, so he can just chew through anything. And he doesn't speak. He just has a big cheesy smile. Wow. Yeah, Shirley Bassey, John Barry, you can't go wrong. And this, yeah, I think a lot of people will say this is this is the one. Uh, I'm down to listen. I feel like we probably have the same number one. We probably do. I won't say what it is yet. But. Okay. Diamonds are yeah, this is really one where you're just like, oh, they got me covered. Yeah. Because they also work in the Bond theme, too, melodically. That's great. Diamonds are forever. Up and then caress it, touch it, stroke it, and undress it. I can see every part, nothing hides in the heart to hurt me. I don't need love, for what good will love do me? I don't know, I almost could listen to this one in isolation, you know, on the subway. Maybe. Maybe. It's getting there. 
Yeah. Not quite garbage level. <laughs> yeah, it's just a well-written tune. Yeah, it feels like a classic. Yeah, and it, the lyrics, like, they're so specific uh, and, and clear to make out, but it's pretty creative what they did there, too. They got some bonus points in it. Yeah. Lyricist for a lot of these songs, uh, shout out to my man, uh, Don Black. Mm. If you know, you know. <laughs> no, he was, he's up there with John Barry for just like a regular go-to collaborative dude for this first batch of Bond films. Do you want to say number one like at the same time? Three, one, two, two, one. one. You only live twice. Uh, what? Thunderball. Tom Jones? Tom Jones, baby. What are you, out of your you mind? You only live twice, you Frank thought Sinatra, I was gonna pick... Nancy Sinatra. Yeah. That song is great. It's good. Thunderball. It's not Thunderball good. Oh, you are out of your mind. <laughs> no. No, that's not a bad song. It's not the best. I wouldn't even put it in the top five. Oh, man. We're going to have to defer to the audience on this one, I guess. Let's, uh, mm. let's, let's do back-to-back listening here. You Only Live Twice, sung by Nancy Sinatra. Yeah. And then Thunderball, sung by Tom Jones. Again, I think these are, if I'm remembering correctly, both John Barry numbers. I don't remember offhand who did the lyrics. Might have been my man, uh, Don Black. But, hey, they're certainly both worthy of being in the conversation. But, uh, yeah, I just that I, I couldn't resist Tom Jones' energy. Oh, he's, no, he's got great energy. What made you pick... Uh, what the fuck is it called again? You only live twice. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's just a cool melody. It's a weird arrangement. It has that like sixties fuzz guitar that they just threw on every song. And like remind you, like, hey, don't forget, we're in the psychedelic period right now. We're up with the times. It's a great melody. And it just feels it has that classic feel. Um and I do feel like I could listen to this song outside of the context of the Bond intro. Well, let's see if you can sway me here. Okay. I do like that chord progression. We gotta have that Eastern flavor in there. You only live twice. Like it's just so weird. They're trying to do a bunch of different they things, are. and I feel like it's, it's working. Yeah, this is one where he goes to Japan. It's good. I'm not going to say it isn't. Just nice changes. Good. Yeah. It, it probably catchy. would make my top five. Yeah. Okay. Now we're going to go over to my man, Tom Jones, uh, in the land right of Thunderball. Right into Thunderball. 
thumbnail. It's just this wins for just energy. Just <laughs> look at him screaming in that thumbnail, just screaming. Well, his you know up. the story, and I guess we'll we'll make sure the uh, the listeners can hear. There's a high note he hits at the end, and the legend goes he like fainted in the studio. He just held on to it really? and just kind of like lost track of everything. Yeah, and he's he just Damn. like woke up in a, and he was like dizzy after uh, hitting the the big climactic note at the end, but. <laughs> You hear the first few notes of the song. You didn't. You don't. You tell me this doesn't kick you in the balls and, and get you. My thunderballs. Get you yeah. in gear. Yeah. All right. Here we go. <laughs> runs so you can't beat Tom Jones. The most Austin Powersy. It of them is all, I think. very Austin Powersy. So he strikes like thunderbolts. <laughs> what is thunder? Like why he strikes like thunder? Like we're just supposed to know what thunderbolt is? Well, you gotta watch a movie to find out. Okay. I don't remember what it is. They're underwater the whole time or something. I think I fell asleep. Am I gaining any ground here? No, it's it's fun. It's definitely fun. I, I love a theme that describes what the main character is doing. It's oh, just it's like a goldfinger. Yeah, it's enjoyable. Situation, yeah. Dragon like Thunderbolt. Right, I'm gonna skip ahead to where he hits that that killer. Yeah, let's hear last it. note here. So he strikes. You're gonna go big. You gotta go big. Yeah. Yeah, that's fun. Uh, that's really enjoyable. Maybe that is high up. It's not number one for me, but it's. Uh, I'd put it in the top ten easily. I feel pretty good where we ended up here. Do you have any last uh, honorable mentions? Any last words? No. No. I feel like I did some listening. I kind of the ones that stood out to me, the ones I talked about. I. Uh, I think I was most surprised probably by that Chris Cornell one because I just had no idea what I was expecting. And I was like, oh, that's pleasant. I was around when that movie came out. I was a kid. I, I don't like, remember it at know, all. I yeah. didn't know he was involved in, yeah, the Soundgarden guy. Who would have figured? Yeah. Well, before we uh, leave here today, I do have one last entry to discuss. And you may be aware of this, you may not, but Radiohead was supposed to do a James Bond song. Oh, right. They were supposed to do the tune for Spectre. It got rejected because it was too melancholic, I think was the reason. Well, you ended up with Sam Smith, so I don't really follow the they logic They went with there. Sam Smith. That's like the most depressing <laughs> James Bond thing. Have you heard their their song, Spectre? No, but this is an official canon. This this is not official canon. This okay. is just, this is uh, an outtake. This one got rejected. I forget in what format the band ended up like finally releasing it. 
but it certainly wasn't as part of any official MP3. soundtrack or album. Yeah. Yeah. MP3, Wave, Flack, <laughs> whatever you prefer. <laughs> let's see. Let's see if you think it would have fit. I think it would have fit, and I I think it would have been an all timer. Mm. You know, maybe a top tenner. Wow. Okay. I do love Tom York's uh, song for uh, Suspiria. Oh yeah. I love that song, Suspiria. Really beautiful song, and of course Johnny Greenwood has like two of the best scores ever, and The Master and There'll Be Blood is like pretty absurd. Radiohead singing the song Spectre. I cannot make out one word Tom York sings, but and he has never no- succeeded. He is never known for his enunciation, anyway. That's atmosphere. Mm. Yeah, there's no way they were going to get accepted with that beat. It's just not happening. I think they pushed, they pushed their luck yeah. a little bit there. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Better than Sam Smith? Hell yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, no, that song, I mean, they're both like morbidly depressing songs for a James Bond movie. I understand why they rejected it 100%, but to reject that and then go with what they went with, it's just like, doesn't make any sense. Yeah, maybe you can only reject one, you know, you can only reject popular once. artist. Uh, we already said no to Radiohead. We, we can't be... Right. So choosy here. All right, Sam Start Smith. Alienating he, everyone. Yeah. All, all, made it through the door. A series of British alienations. Ah, uh, shit. Well, what did we learn today? <laughs> I don't know. That there are some good good uh, entries into the James Bond theme canon. There certainly are. And it's an important one at that. A very important. <laughs> it's a development of music. Uh, and there's none, you know, there's none better than the actual theme. It's kind of what we come down to here is just like that's the yeah, best piece of music you're never gonna top that no yeah no that's like what's a better star wars song than it's no such thing right i learned uh the 80s were rough on the fr- on the bond franchise they're hard on everybody <laughs> that's yeah. a major takeaway last little bonus question 
which artist would you choose to do the next Bond theme song? You know, Billie Eilish, Eilish, whatever. She did a pretty good job. You could choose anybody, any current artist. Who would you pick to do the next one besides yourself? Besides me. Uh, so two, I would say Frank Ocean. Oh, shit. You were locked and loaded with that answer. I feel like it would be like perfect aesthetically for what oh, he man. does. And, and of the times and like just which sort of fit into Frank Ocean. Uh, the modern sound while also being timeless, which I think is what he, the kind of music he makes. I don't even want to say who I, who I had in mind. Shit, let's Animal, collect- who you pick? Animal Collective? No, uh, as a joke, I was going to say that. You're Bond. Uh, He's James Bond. <laughs> I have no skin in the game, so my snarky, wise-ass answer would be, whatever, give it to Tame Impala, see what he does. That'd be interesting. Yeah, I'm sure he'd come up with something you know, fun. If you're going to shake things up anyway. A real groovy, blown-out snare <laughs> on a James Bond song, sure. But fucking Frank Ocean, hashtag... I don't know how hashtags work. I'm going to stop myself there. <laughs> Hashtag but. Frank Ocean should record the next <laughs> yeah. James Bond theme. A petition should start for Frank Ocean to do the next Bond theme. Yeah, right. we'll start it up. Well, if you like this episode of Losing My Opinion, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast on your platform of choice. Leave a rating or a review. We'd love to hear from you. And you can follow Losing My Opinion on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok, all at Losing My Opinion. And... Uh, Tom Jones, Thunderball, best James Bond theme. I could be wrong now, Mm. but I don't think so. Oh, where am I? Oh, you passed out there for a second. Yeah, you held that note. I ran out of breath long ago. It's understandable. I'll say so long, suckers, and we will see you next week. Ever changing world in which we live in makes you give in and cry. Say, living man.